Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri Governor Mike Parson says federal disaster aid should be coming to the St. Louis area as the region recovers from the damage caused by last week's record rain. He says state officials are working quickly to help residents and business owners. It's about picking up the pieces now, and it's about us making sure we have all the tools we can to help people get back on their feet. An assessment by the Federal Emergency Management Agency should be ready tomorrow, then it will be sent to President Joe Biden. We'll have more on that flood aftermath in just a bit, but the other big story today is the Missouri primary. Polls are open until 7 tonight. Voters across the state will decide which Republican and Democratic candidates will advance in a critical U.S. Senate contest. The three major Democratic hopefuls are Lucas Kuntz, Spencer Toter, and Trudy Bush-Valentine. Republicans are choosing among six major candidates, including Attorney General Eric Schmidt, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler, and former Governor Eric Greitens. A last-minute curveball is coming from former President Donald Trump. He's endorsing two candidates in that race. And that's where St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum picks up the story. Trump issued a statement late on Monday backing Eric in the Missouri Senate primary. Yes, just Eric. It's essentially a dual endorsement of Attorney General Eric Schmidt and former Governor Eric Greitens. Trump is wildly popular among Missouri Republicans, but some like Villa Ridge resident George Miller wonder how much his endorsement will matter this close to when voters are slated to go to the polls. I think it was going to be a close race. It might, you know, make it closer. Schmidt has been leading in public polling going into Tuesday's primaries, but Greitens and Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler are hoping to piece together enough support to prevail. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Another key race today is in St. Louis County. Democrats will decide whether to keep Sam Page as county executive or replace him with Jane Duker. The winner could face Republican State Representative Shamed Dogan in November. Now back to today's other top story, the damage assessment from last week's flash flooding in the region. Emergency management officials, state departments, and Governor Mike Parson are all working with the Federal Emergency Management Agency to ensure that federal aid is on the way. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Governor Parson hopes FEMA officials have assessments completed by Wednesday to help push federal disaster dollars into communities that need it the most. Regional officials visited the Ellendale neighborhood and University City Monday to take assessments of damaged homes and infrastructure. Andrea Spillers is Region 7 FEMA Administrator. We're compiling all of that information so that the governor can submit his disaster request. And once we receive that, we'll make sure that we act in a very fast, way to make sure that we have thoroughly vetted that and and get it up to the president. Residents are encouraged to continue to report damage to 211 until the federal disaster declaration is in effect. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has declared monkeypox a public health emergency. He's also declared the state a disaster area because of the virus. The governor's announcement allows the Illinois Department of Public Health to better respond to monkeypox, including the distribution of vaccines. 
Pritzker's office says Illinois has 520 cases of confirmed or probable monkeypox. That's the third most in the U.S. One person has been detained following a deadly shooting inside the Gateway Transportation Center in downtown St. Louis. This happened yesterday. A male in his late teens was killed. Police say the person was unresponsive when they arrived at the center, which houses Amtrak trains and Greyhound buses. A person of interest was found at a metro station. This is trade deadline day in Major League Baseball, and the Cardinals have already made a move. They have acquired starting pitcher Jose Quintana from Pittsburgh. The Cards also picked up reliever Chris Stratton in the deal. St. Louis sent pitcher Johan Oviedo and infielder Malcolm Nunez to the Pirates. The concentration of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere now exceeds 420 parts per million. That's more than 50% higher than pre-industrial levels, and many industries are grappling with how to reduce or offset their carbon emissions. As Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports, the agriculture sector is becoming a front-runner in the race to reduce carbon. It's mid-April on Jason Lay's farm in Bloomington, Illinois. We're standing on one of his 75-acre fields, which during the growing season is covered with either corn or soybeans. And even though this is the off-season, Jason's field is green, dotted with a grass-like cover crop called cereal rye. And what that does is it helps hold the carbon dioxide or the greenhouse gases. It helps hold them so they don't get released out into the atmosphere. And these 75 acres of cover crops are holding a lot of carbon. Roughly, it would be about, hopefully, a ton an acre. So about 75 tons across this whole field. That's about the emissions equivalent of 15 gas-powered cars driven for one year. And while Jason's field is an island of carbon-sequestering cover crops, more and more farmers in the Midwest are experimenting with them, thanks in part to the newly budding carbon marketplace. I like to equate them to like the Wild West. Jason is part of Bayer's pilot carbon program, which works like this. Let's say there's a company that needs to offset their carbon emissions. Maybe they pledge to reach carbon neutrality within a certain period of time. They can go to Bayer and purchase carbon credits, which basically offset their emissions. Bayer then pays Jason to plant cover crops, which act as the carbon offset for the company. Carbon programs like Bayer's are popping up all across the agriculture industry, and some companies are going all in, like Boston-based startup Indigo. I absolutely am a believer that carbon credits are, are part of the move to uh, reduce the overall pressure on the atmosphere. Chris Harbert is Indigo's chief strategy officer. Unlike other ag companies like Bayer, Indigo is relatively young and focuses exclusively on sustainability. And Harbert says there's a reason they're zeroed in on agriculture. Right now, we could get every farmer on earth to change their behavior if we incented it correctly. And they have the infrastructure, the equipment, they're already dispersed across the globe to make that happen immediately. And that would cause a measurable change to our atmosphere. Harbert acknowledges that scale-up would be very difficult. It would mean totally revamping the way most farmers farm. And that's why Indigo offers short five-year contracts with farmers to avoid scaring them off with long-term commitments. But some say long-term commitments are necessary to reduce the concentration of carbon in our atmosphere. I mean, for the climate, we really need 
I would say, durability of carbon stored on timescales of 100 years. That's, I think, what's really necessary to address climate change. Gianna Amador is a co-founder of Carbon 180, a nonprofit focused on reducing carbon emissions. She says when it comes to making a real dent in the climate crisis, we need to focus on how to reduce carbon overall, not just offset it. But she says paying farmers to sequester carbon is ultimately a good thing, because right now there aren't many incentives for climate-friendly practices, which can be expensive. What's exciting about these voluntary offset markets is it provides an incentives for farmers to shift practices and potentially helps with some of those financing challenges. If we want more farmers like Jason Lay, she says, we need to incentivize it. And Jason agrees. I mean, it's the obvious American answer. You give me more and I'll figure out how to do it. Money talks, he says. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. This story was produced in partnership with Harvest Public Media, a collaboration of Midwest Public Media newsrooms. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.